With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. La, 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 la. Wait till I get my money right. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I smit that on a necklace. I told God I'll be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. The home must be given, must be tested. Get arrested, guess until he gets the message. I feel the pressure under more scrutiny. And what I do, act more stupidly. Bought more jewelry, more Louis V. My mama couldn't get through to me. The drama, people suing me. I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me. I'm just saying how I feel, man. I ain't one of the Cosby's. I ain't go to hell, man. I guess the money should have changed them. I guess the... One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. That song, Mike, being from uh, the original Hangover, if you haven't seen Have you seen that show, obviously, uh, the one in Vegas, uh, the Hangover show? Yes. Good. You know, I'm, I'm usually not sure about you and what movies you've seen and what movies you haven't seen. You're not a big movie goer. No, I'm not. I'm not, but I have, I have seen that. Seen that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Red vs. Blue Friday Night Football, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. Uh, good chat room already going. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. As always, joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. And, Mikey, uh, it's been kind of a uh, busy week of kind of speculation. You know, you had the, the, the combine, which... If you don't have a life kind of like we all have kind of reserved, we're sitting around and listening to podcasts all throughout the week in fantasy sports, and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of our safety net, so to speak. But scouting combine it is. We have the high-stakes games going on, and we have uh, a little bit of news in the NFL just to kind of keep things going throughout the week. If it wasn't for that news every day, I don't know where I'd be. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Scott, I, I, I... Go, ahead. go ahead. I lost you. You're, it's all, all right. you. Well, one thing I want to say is uh, I'm, uh, I'm just glad to be on with you again on Red versus Blue. And, uh, I just absolutely love the email when I get the draft for Hyper or for uh, PDFFL, for any, for any Dynasty League. 
your draft dues are due. Let's pay them. Let's get them done. Let's get it started. Let's get it rolling. So it, it's already got me excited about uh, the coming year because, uh, I mean, I've already started going through uh, all my dynasty leagues and what's going on and what's going to happen, uh, the picks that I have. And, uh, you know, it just gets you reinvigorated into what's going to happen uh, throughout this year. Our guest tonight is going to be Andy Miley from uh, Dynasty League Football, their senior writer there and NFL draft scout. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. This is our annual rookie draft preview show for all those Dynasty freaks out there that draft their rookie draft before the NFL draft. It's it's those interesting leagues. I, I, Mike, are you a fan of it before the draft or after? I mean, obviously you know more after the draft, but if you're before the draft, it really takes you to that next level of saying, it's up to me to look into the talent and see who the NFL guys and teams are going to take. So which do you prefer, before the draft or after? Uh, it doesn't matter, honestly, because everybody's on a level playing field. Uh, I personally like it after the draft so you can uh, break some things down on uh, which team they go to. You know, you can speculate which team they're going to go to right now. But, I mean, after the draft, it could be a totally different story. You could have a uh, – running back, uh, a wide receiver that could be drafted on a team that you thought would go, you know, in a, in a spot that he would be better suited. After the draft, he may go to a spot like uh, Cleveland Browns or somebody else, or I hate to use Cleveland, but, you know, somebody else is like, oh, gosh, why did I take him? So, I, you know, it's got to be after the draft. This is the Red versus Blue show sponsored by FF Toolbox. Uh, the FFWC, the Fantasy Football World Championship. Uh, we have had a lot of fun this last week announcing our Dynasty World Championship. Those details will be coming out. As soon as we finish up our software provider talks, guys, we will be launching an opening registration for the Dynasty World Championship. That's a $299 entry fee, 85% paid back thereabouts to uh, the contest. And, you know, we're going to start it small. Year one, it's only going to be 144 teams. I guarantee you this thing will sell out at the $299 price point. Uh, we've got a lot of fun, cool things happening. We're going to be buying some subscriptions for some of the premium content that's out there to really get the players engaged into the world of Dynasty. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So it's the Dynasty World Championship. We also announced a change in the Fantasy Football World Championship rules. Uh, that is our high-stakes game for the high-stakes players, but we also have a mid-stakes game called Roto Bowl. And one of the things that we like to have is that synergy between the mid-stakes game and the high-stakes game. And so we decided to move our main event, based on all the feedback and player feedback we received from our surveys that we sent out that we talked about last week on the show, right, Mike? Yep. We reviewed all that feedback, and the players said we loved the Roto Bowl format. We loved starting 11 players. One quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one kicker, one defense, and two flex. So we are yep. moving the world championship to dual flex and 11-man starting lineup, Mike. What that does, it rewards the deeper drafters. If you draft well and you have that extra player on your bench, you're going to be rewarded with that to be able to put them into the lineup, whereas teams that are barely scraping by are going to be hurting because they've got to now put one other player that they're hurting with into that lineup. And so it should separate the – the pros from the Joes, so to speak. Well, you know, Scott, I, I totally applaud the move. Uh, I'm not the best of drafters, but I tell you what, 
in, in the landscape of the NFL right now, there is a lot to go around. There's a lot of wide receivers. There's always a wide receiver showing up each week, each week from a, from a different team. So don't tell me there's no depth. The depth is there. You just have to go find it. So I, I, I totally applaud the move uh, that you guys have made uh, to go into the 11-man starting lineup, the uh, dual flex. I, I just I, I think it's outstanding. Now it's up to us to go find those players. Absolutely. 347-324-5404 is the number. This is our rookie draft preview show. We have our, our guest this evening is Andy Miles. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Andy, uh, this is a little ahead of your scheduled segment, so – Sorry if this catches you off guard. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you just fine. Hopefully I'm not too grainy. I'm actually coming off a, a pretty bad cold, so hopefully people can understand me. Well, I guarantee you they can understand you better than the slurring sidekick I got over here in Mike Trent. He's uh, <laughs> how, many, how many Bud Lights you got in you so far, Mikey? No, I don't I don't drink Bud Light. I, I drink Miller Light and uh that would probably be about eight. Oh. So we're doing good. Well, Friday is that your day. good. So you got you to gotta enjoy yourself, Mikey. Friday is your day. Let's go ahead and get right to the news. I wanted to pull you in, Andy. Uh, thank you for being on the show. At Andrew Miley, uh, the lead writer at the DynastyLeagueFootball.com. You want to go there. While all of our listeners in the chat room, the crew here, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy sports, go ahead and log in. Uh, take your browser to Dynasty League Football. Click on the rookie ranking so we have some – kind of a reference point for later in the show. Go ahead and get that queued up. But we're going to talk uh, We're going to talk with Andy through the player news before we get to the rookie draft. So first up on deck here, Carson Palmer. According to ProFootballTalk.com, there's speculation in league circles that the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, are waiting for the Raiders to release Carson Palmer. Uh, Mikey, that has to be pretty good news for Larry Fitzgerald. He's his, his dynasty ranking on our website is wide receiver 20. Michael Bronte, our dynasty ranking is 20. Yeah, that has to be good news. You what, that's going to totally affect, uh, that, that, affect anything that has to do with uh, a trade that I have pending uh, right now. So, uh, you know, I mean, that, that would be wonderful if, uh, if Arizona is really interested in it. Andy, what's your take on that? How sad is Arizona? That, that's all I have to say. I, I mean, really, Carson Palmer, that's your answer? Good good point. Uh, immobile, 33 years old. He, he needs a, a, a huge offensive line, and Arizona does not have that. So, But it is. I think it is an improvement uh, for Larry Fitzgerald owners to maybe just sit, sit back, and he, he can get the ball down the field. Let's move on to another – Arizona News, Cardinals head coach Bruce Arians, I love, by the way, I really like the guy. He he comes out, Mike, and he says he doesn't want to use running back by committee. And our, it, it, it's a kind of a funny story because at the end of the day, I think our our beat writer or our, our lead news writer for FF Toolbox, Brian Murphy, he, he kind of said, doesn't every coach? I mean, pretty much that's, that's the deal, right? Ryan Williams is the closest thing they have to a three-down back, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And he just played in just five games in two years, so I don't see how they can trust him with 300-plus touches. Well, I don't either, but, uh, you know, Bruce, uh, Bruce Aarons, I mean, he he made it uh, plain and simple uh, with big battles last year. I mean, 
they started giving the ball to Big Powers. I mean, they used a couple others, but it became, uh, became clear that Big Powers was going to be the guy. So I, I think uh, Arians is going in there and, and he's going to try to figure out which one of you guys is going to be the one that I want to the ball to 30, 35 times. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying 30 touches. I'm saying 30 touches, not just 30 rushes. But 30 touches a game, and that's what he wants. Well, nobody's going to get 30 touches in Arizona. Andy, uh, it, I don't know if you've been on the – obviously this is your first time on Red versus Blue, but let's talk about Ryan Williams for a second because I have him on just about every dynasty team I own, and it was a big mistake. I renamed one of my teams the Ryan Williams Experience, and then he has that terrible injury. So is there any love uh, on your site and on your side of things for Ryan Williams? I have a little bit of love for him. I think he's a talented player, but obviously he can't stay healthy. And I think, you know, with the Arians connection, it's probably going to be a little bit of Mendenhall action coming to Arizona. And then you can see which one will stay healthy for how many games, and then you'll just plug that one in for for the bit. It's a sad situation because I remember picking Ryan uh, Williams – in a rookie draft a few years ago and just sitting, thankfully, at a taxi squad and then put him on the injury reserve this past year. And then Mendenhall, too. One thing I saw on Twitter today, I don't remember who put it up there, but they said, you know, right now Mendenhall has as many carries in the NFL as Monty Ball has had in his entire career career in Wisconsin. So this guy still has a lot of – a lot of tread on the tires, and he obviously already has that connection to Arian, so I think that could could end up maybe spoiling Ryan Williams, uh, his dynasty uh, stock per se. Yeah, yeah, it's a sad it's a sad state of affairs. You know, one of the better backs from Virginia Tech really enjoyed watching him play there. Next set of news here: Martellus Bennett. According to the Daily News, the Giants are unwilling to enter a bidding war for free agent Martellus Bennett. Very interesting, Mike, when uh, Michael Bronte ranked Martellus Bennett, our number 16 dynasty tight end. I thought it was a little bit high, but, hey, he gets paid the big bucks to put out the dynasty rankings. That's what he has him at. He also had Adrian Robinson in at uh, number 25, and that's, you know, the kid's 24 years old. He's got a lot of uh, He's got a lot of raw talent there, so maybe they have their eyes on this Adrian Robinson kid, and they're like, you know what, Bennett, uh, we don't need you. That could be. I mean, you know, because uh, Tom Coughlin, he kind of goes about business his own way. And uh, so, you know, it, it, it may be to the point where, uh, you know, look, Martellus, uh, uh, take your balloons and go, and uh, we'll go on with somebody else. Andy, what are your thoughts? Either of those guys have any uh, dynasty love from you? No, I, I like Robinson. I mean, he's obviously right now like a like a dynasty tight end three or maybe four at best. I mean, obviously, if he gets a starting job, there's going to be some value. I mean, Jake Ballard was not the most athletic guy, and he was he ended up being something, you know, more of a you know short yardage goal line kind of guy that they really they might struggle with now when you don't have. Um, Bradshaw there, I mean, I don't know how well Wilson is going to be uh, from the 10-yard line. Maybe they're going to use Brown in that role, but I think they still need a goal line threat, and unfortunately I don't think Cruz or Knicks are. So, 
they need somebody. I think Robinson may be able to fill in, but remember, Coughlin's used their path go before as a starting tight end, yeah. so they could totally go away from that. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you don't usually hear uh, <clears throat> Jerry Reese, the general manager in the Giants, do anything kind of like Rex Ryan, but when he said that he felt that Adrian Robinson was the Pierre Paul of tight ends, I mean, 6'4", 267, I can see why he says it, uh, but, you know, it's interesting to see that he has that type of uh, the, the intangibles there to uh, maybe do something in, in New York. We'll see. It's, it's somebody to keep your eye on. Now, somebody you don't really need to keep your eye on, Santana Moss, candidate to be released. The only reason I even bring up this story, Mike Trent, is because you know how I feel about Pierre Garçon. I absolutely love Pierre Garçon. He's ranked number 16 wide receivers in our dynasty rankings. I would like to push him up even a little bit higher. Uh, but this is good news uh, for the the whole situation uh, around the wide receivers. Let's get rid of Santana Moss. Let's focus this offense behind Morris, RG3, Garcon, and then maybe if we can get Fred Davis in the fold, those four guys, that's your offense. Yeah. One thing about it, Scott and uh, Andy, they're, they're going to have to open it up. Uh, they already realize, hopefully, uh, Shani realizes that uh, RG3, he's going to be explosive. He's going to run when he needs to, but you cannot build your team around a great quarterback like him and have him get hurt over and over and over again. You've got to understand and build around the fact that this guy has a cannon for arm, he can throw it, and he has a lot of great wide receivers. So you've got to to utilize that and make sure that this kid's going to be around for not just two years, but – Six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Andy, your thoughts? Well, one of my thoughts is, you know, Michael Bennett seems to enjoy the uh, NFC East. Why, why not take a trip down to Washington and, and play there? He's already played it for the Giants and for for the Cowboys. I mean, that's somebody definitely that I think they could use, considering. They didn't have much chem- chemistry with with Fred Davis and RG three. I mean, obviously, they, there's there's Pierre Garcon, and then there's you know Aldrick Robinson and Hankerson, but there really isn't any standout number two guy. Obviously, you have Morris, but I think it's a it's a good move if they. I know they're they're not looking to spend a lot of money, but I think uh, Dick Bennett could be an answer as uh, as a tight end for them. Wow. That would be very well, – and, and it's funny, Scott and uh, Andy, there, there's really no standout number two or three guy on any team. There's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of fill-in players, and that's what the, the landscape of the NFL is. There's a lot of fill-in wide receivers. You've got your number ones on every team. But, you know, finding that two, three, and four, they're going to be there. It's just finding them. All right, Mikey. Reggie Bush, the Detroit Free Press, confirms Reggie Bush has emerged as one of the Lions' top targets. We keep hearing this type of talk from the Lions. They have to do something to supplement uh, Mikel Ashore. Although it was his first year back, I don't want to be too hard on Ashore. I don't think he looked terrible considering the injury that he had. That's not an easy injury to come back from. And he didn't look so bad. He didn't have the burst we saw in college, but he was an excellent goal line type option. And I don't remember him busting off a lot of runs, but he he goes between the tackles and gets the gets the yards. But they want to see that dynamic playmaker to mix things up and fit into that Detroit offense. Uh, 
especially after the fiascos uh, with their with their wide receiver, their slot wide receiver. So, Mikey, do you, what do you think? If you have Reggie Bush and you're hearing the rumors, let's just put yourself in. You, you play Dynasty. If you're a Mikel LaShore owner and the talk is coming about Reggie Bush, do you sell him if you have him now to try to get what you can, or is it you got to hold on? No, I'm going to hold on uh, due to the simple fact that Reggie Bush is uh, probably going to be a, a rent-a-player type of deal for maybe a – maybe a year or two at best. Uh, I think he'll bring a lot to the table. There's no doubt about it because, uh, like you said, Lashore, he's uh, between the tackle runner, uh, Reggie Bush, he's totally different. I mean, he, he screen passes. I mean, he's electrifying, does everything. But uh, I don't I don't sell Lashore because of Bush. I think Bush might, might make uh, Lashore better. IPS driver in the chat room. I think it affects Bell more. Good old Joyke Bell. We got to get the Joyke Bell reference on red versus blue. Andy, what do you think about uh, Reggie Bush to Detroit? I think it's a great fit, but yeah, unfortunately, it squashes Joyke Bell's value. Um, you know, quite honestly, Reggie Bush could be a, a much better player in that sort of offense. I mean, look how he did with the Saints when he was used correctly, when he had all those receivers that were were going downfield. I mean, with Calvin Johnson, you know Reggie Bush is not going to be the number one focus. There, there are a lot of other options for them. So that makes Reggie Bush better when he doesn't have to be the man, when he gets to be a piece, and he doesn't even have to – he only has to take, you know, 10 carries and – uh, get thrown the ball five to seven times, he's a much more effective player. I think that's great for his chances. Well, you know, I totally agree, Andy. And another thing that I just thought of is, you know, tight ends, uh, there, I mean, there's a lot of them out there, but that's going to really affect the tight end situation uh, at Detroit uh, because of the fact that Reggie Bush would catch a lot of those uh, maybe tight end passes, so to speak. Very true. Steven Jackson, potentially, it looks like Atlanta is a destination here. Mike, uh, well, I'll ask you first, Andy. Uh, what kind of a move is this for Atlanta? Obviously, they're basically thinking, was, was this Turner move? And I haven't really read all the details about you know the, the whole Turner situation. Was that more of a move thinking that he was done? Or was that a, a, a contract situation? Because you're bringing in a back like Jackson. What's the, what's the motivation here? Do they see Jackson as that big of an improvement over Turner? And do you? I think he is an improvement, but obviously he also fits their offense a lot better. I mean, the one thing that you could always say about Turner is he was good for, what, one catch a game maybe? I mean, this is Stephen Jackson. I think one year he actually had over 80 catches. This is a guy that in the spread offense, he, he's going to be able to get a lot of targets. He's, he's a good pass blocker. And you also have to take into account that you have Torrey Gonzalez, who may not be there, and you have to have someone that's going to do the underneath stuff, and Steven Jackson is the kind of guy that can step right in there and do that. Um, he, he's not as strong on the goal line as Turner, but he still is a physical presence, and I actually I, I like the fit if that's where they end up going, but why would Steven Jackson leave $7 million in St. Louis to go to Atlanta when I don't think Atlanta can pay him that much? The ring's a thing, Mikey. No, I don't. I don't think they can either. 
uh, if he does go to Atlanta, uh, the bottom line is, what has Steven Jackson done wrong in St. Louis? Uh, I mean, he's, he's very solid. He works hard. He's very competitive on a perennial losing team, let's face it. Uh, and if he went to Atlanta, he would set up uh, Quiz Rogers even that much more. I mean, it it would be a good fit, but I don't think he's going to leave because uh, he knows what he has in front of him. All right. Well, we've got a lot of other of these kinds of stories that are circulating. We've we've seen the Peyton Hillis and Michael Turner, potentially one of those guys to the Patriots. Uh, that that just seems like a – what does that do to Ridley's stock? I mean, geez, you've already – Ridley's supposed to be the guy. He definitely had the, the major hit in the playoff game that – and the fumble that wasn't a fumble or wasn't in a fumble, and you have Shane Vereen in the in the wings, and you have your boy Woodhead, who I don't know if he's going to be back this year. Now you're talking about Hillis or Turner. Uh, it seems like a mess there, Andy, and, and they're just there. They always do this, but it seems like either one of those would be a good move for them. Oh, I think it'd be a good move, but then again, you know, why are you tying up uh, your money on on that side of the ball when you have Tom Brady? Yeah. I, that that's the biggest question. I mean, their their defense is what they really need to focus on. Uh, Mikey, uh, Hillis or Turner, which one do you like better uh, with the Patriots as in a, in a backup type role? Uh, Michael Turner, no doubt. But, okay. uh, you know, it, it's just it's very hard to uh, wrap up that money uh, with Michael, but uh, it's uh, Wes Welker is the uh, it's a determining factor right now. What's going to happen with Wes Welker? Yeah, they need to get that deal done and, and just bring him back or, or uh, make make a decision there. You've got Wallace potentially now looks like a target of the Vikings. If they sign him, what does this do? Wouldn't Ponder be a buy in your terms? If they landed Wallace, I mean, he's got Harvin, he's got Peterson in the backfield, he'd have Wallace on another side, and you have Rudolph in the middle. You were basically given the, the keys to the kingdom – to Christian Ponder, Andy. So uh, it would seem to me that everything would be set up for Ponder to succeed if that happened. Oh, I don't trust. I don't trust Ponder like that at all. I, I would actually be uh, scared to death that he would decrease everybody's value, say for Adrian Peterson. I think uh, Kyle Rudolph's value would taper off a bit. I think Harbin's would taper off a bit. I, I don't think that with with Ponder as the quarterback, that they can sustain uh, any – I mean, I think that takes everybody. If they were uh, wide receiver one, I think it brings them down to a wide receiver two. With, with Harvin, I think, you know, Wallace may jump down to a wide receiver three if he ends up in Minnesota. I just – I think Wallace wants to be the number one, and unless he's going to get to catch passes from Tom Brady – I think probably he's going to go to Miami. I don't think there's any way he goes to the Vikings knowing that the not strong-armed uh, Christian Ponder is going to throw to him versus how he used to catch passes from uh, Big Ben. Yeah. And according to Pro Football Focus, our friends there, uh, Ponder had three successful games as a quarterback last year. Uh, that's not good. So I, I just think they're giving him – there's no other options there if, if if he doesn't do it with a cast like that. And, and again, this is from ESPN in the Twin Cities, that they, that they will and can pursue 
Mike Wallace. It, it seemed to me that Mike Wallace, his destination was Miami. That kind of seemed like the move. But now you've got Brian Hartline re-signing that deal. I don't know. Brian Hartline, he's the guy that, uh, you know, he's big one week and doesn't exist the next week. And he's not a big red zone guy. He, didn't, he doesn't get the touchdowns. And, and they're they're giving him that kind of money. What? Well, he's like a 10th round pick, you know, right? I mean, isn't he in a fantasy league oh. next year? He's a 10th round pick. They're, they're trying to build a foundation, Scott. It's obvious uh, with Tannehill and uh, uh, Hartline, they're trying to build a foundation. They're trying to say we're committed uh, to the team. Uh, I kind of agree with you. I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to spend that kind of money uh, with that kind of a year of a contract uh, to a, a wide receiver that's, you know, he's not flashy. He, I mean, he goes about his business. He gets it done on some Sundays, <laughs> like you said, but not every Sunday. So, you know, that, I mean, that's kind of tough. And the last bit of somewhat interesting news, uh, Mike. I've got to, I've got to do it. I know you, I know you hate it when I do it, but we've got to get our Jets reference in for the week. And oh, this, uh, the latest I'm going news. To the I'll be back. And the latest news is Felix Jones potentially uh, might draw some interest to, from the New York Jets coming off one of his worst seasons ever, like three and a half yards a carry or something like that. Do you think that's an upgrade uh, of Sean Green, Andy, Felix Jones, or is it uh, pretty much a non-story? Uh, I'd say it's a non-story. I don't think very much of, of Felix Jones, Julius Jones, the the entire family. I think they had uh, – Two or three years of fantasy relevance, but that was uh, several years ago. <laughs> oh, you know, though, don't you remember, weren't you? I mean, you were playing Dynasty back then when Felix Jones was a rookie. I I can guarantee you if we look back through the archives, everybody was on Felix's jock. I mean, this was the guy that was, you know, you're getting him at the – this was the year with Ray Rice and all those guys, Chris Johnson and all of them, Felix Jones coming out, and that's, that draft was loaded with running backs, and everybody was all enamored with Felix Jones. And – I mean, is it work ethic? Was it overall ability? What or injury? What? What? Do you, what was the? What was the deal there? I I think he had the ability, and I think it was mostly speed and quickness. And he's taken so many hits that it has just slowed him down, and he's had to change his game. And unfortunately, he's not. He's not a big guy. He's he's not as quick as he was. So he's just kind of stuck running straight ahead. He he doesn't have that elite speed anymore to, to get away from people, so he just kind of has to lunge forward, and it just isn't working unless he has an outstanding offensive line. But, yeah, you were right that he was he was something. Like I said, I think both brothers were, were something for two or three years. It's just unfortunate that the time has passed them by and and that's the thing about the NFL. It grinds you up. I mean, that's the amazing thing about a guy like Steven Jackson. Here's a guy that's been in the NFL for so long, and, yeah, he got to share carries for the first couple years in uh, in St. Louis, Marshall Falk. But th- those guys that keep on going, they don't last very long. I mean, look at Michael Turner with as many carries as he took. He wasn't the full-time guy when he was with uh, LaDainian in uh when he was in San Diego, but once he got to Atlanta, he started taking that pounding, and his body just couldn't keep up with it. Yeah. Uh, we've got some good chat in the uh, chat room. Uh, <clears throat> we're talking about dynasty wide receivers as that uh, conversation was going on, but 
last, la- okay, one last news story before we get to our rookie uh, preview, first round preview. Danny Amendola, possibly the Eagles might show some interest here. This was the guy that I always thought would replace Welker, would be a speedier, uh, better, younger, fresher version of Wes Welker that would actually catch the ball. And I, I don't know if that's going to happen yet, but I, I know that that would be an interesting uh, addition to Chip Kelly's lineup. What do you think about Amendola to the Eagles? Is that to me or is that to Mike? I would never ask uh, Mike uh, that kind of a complex question. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, no, I like Danny Amendola. I think that he, he could be a fit in that offense. Obviously, uh, Jason Avant is not a great match to to play in that style offense. Um, the the thing is, I don't think he's as explosive as he was, and I just think that uh, time is it's another guy that time is starting to creep up on him. The one thing about Wes Welker is Wes Welker runs the crispest routes that you'll ever see, and he also has that connection with Peyton, not with Peyton, here I am. You can tell I'm a little bit loopy <laughs> that he has with Brady. So, to me, I, I think that that Danny Amendola is, is going, please, I, I would love to have a real quarterback throw me the ball. I mean, he, he's, he's going to want to get out of St. Louis. I think he wants to get out of that mess. I think Philly would be a good spot for him. But I think the one thing we're forgetting in New England is they got Julian Edelman that filled in for Welker uh, when Walker was hurt, and he did uh, a decent enough job, and he's going to cost next to nothing compared to Welker or even compared to Danny Amendola. I want to I'm going to jump in here real quick, Andy Scott. Uh, I think Danny Amendola has tremendous upside. His injuries have uh, totally totally messed him up in the last year, year and a half. Uh, whether he's with uh, St. Louis, Philly, whatever. Uh, I mean, I think he can learn those routes. I, I do believe the age is going to be a factor, but I've I've been a Danny Amendola fan for a long time, and I, I really believe that uh, he can post some good enough. You, you, I, I do. You, you still lost him, Mikey? Yeah. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I do have one question. I've got a draft uh, or a uh, trade proposed to me uh, before we get to Andy and his uh, rookie rankings. And I've been stewing over this, and uh, I'd like to throw it out real quick, guys. Um, Be careful pulling it out, please. (laughs) All right, here we go. Uh, My quarterbacks are – they're they're very limited. Uh, Eli Manning and Carson Palmer and Tavares Jackson. Those are my quarterbacks. I've been uh, offered Matt Schaub for my 2-8 this year and my second-round draft pick in 2014. (laughs) Mike. Mike, aren't you the same guy a couple years ago that traded Aaron Rodgers away for Matt Schaub? Wasn't that you? I don't remember. That's been too damn long ago. Yeah. I'm talking about this trade right here. Yeah. Go ahead, Andy. Break the news to him, buddy. Uh, no. 
<laughs> Shop is not an upgrade over Eli. Uh, you know, hey, no, 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 no. Hold, on, hold on, I'm not trading Eli. No, I, I, no I understand that. I, I'm saying I don't think Shop is an upgrade to trade for when you already have Eli. There's never going to be a week you're going to start Matt Schaub over Eli ever, unless he's hurt. So you're not going to you're not going to give up you're not going to give up a second round rookie pick for a uh, for a backup quarterback. So yeah, yeah, hang tight, man, hang tight to your rookie picks. That's the way you're going to rebuild and get back in the game on some of these things. You know, you pulled off a couple of dynasty titles. I will tell you this, Andy. He comes in here, he drafts in the hyperactive two league with Ryan McDowell. Uh, he kind of gets beat up in that league. Then he, then the Hyper 3 starts, and he wins like two years in a row. And there's 24 good owners, and Mike wins two years in a row uh, in the Hyper 3 league. So he does know what he's uh, – he, if he can get his hands on his team, you know, he's fine. Now, the, the, the problem, that Mikey, that you have is once you once you're going to ride that team out, right, it's how do you rebuild – how do you choose to rebuild? You rebuild. Exactly. That rebuild can take. Exactly. I, I have a hard time with that, Scott, Andy. I, I mean, I really do. You know, it's and that's why right now I want to hold on to these draft picks and just build from within, with uh, including the uh, the veterans that I have. Well, that's a good segue, Mikey, because you do have the one one rookie pick in Hyper Two, and I would not try to get get rid of it. I would love to try to trade for it, but I would feel kind of guilty by taking it. So. Let's go ahead and talk to Andy about the 1-1 rookie pick. This is the start of the 2013 rookie draft review, uh, preview here on Red vs. Blue. We have uh, Andy Miley here from Dynasty League Football, the lead writer and the NFL draft scout. So you attended the East-West Shrine game. What did you see there at that game that might uh, help us make this uh, these rookie picks? Well, you know, I didn't see Ray Graham run a, a 4.8. Uh, 40, which was disappointing to see that in this combine, but from what I understand, he knocked it down about uh, two two tenths in his uh, pro day. From what I understand, um, it was great because you got to see these guys uh, all around you. It was funny. I was walking in, not really paying attention, and I had Kristen Michael uh, in front of me, and I didn't even notice it. And I also had uh, Zach Stacy that was right behind me. And it was just very casual, just walking around. You could talk to any of them. This mm-hmm. is my first year, so I didn't talk to any of them. But mm-hmm. unless it was like, you know, just something about, hey, good catch or, you know, good run there or whatever. And they were all very cool and very approachable. But it was just nice to to see what was kind of going on. And I actually stopped Ted Thompson, the GM of uh, Green Bay, because wherever he was standing – I made sure I was standing there, too, because I figured the only GM that was there the entire week, if if he had the best spot, why shouldn't I be uh, right beside him? That's a good point. Yeah, it's fun, man. I'm glad you guys uh, glad you were able to go out there this year and enjoy that. got to be some experience. Uh, I, uh, I wanted to actually go to the combine. It's right here in my backyard, and I just kind of things got away from me. And I went to uh, sign up for my pass, and I was six hours late. I'd missed the deadline. I sent an email, uh, tried to get it, tried to get in and weasel in there, and and they said nope, deadline's the deadline. So I couldn't uh, couldn't make it. But that was uh, that was something that would have been uh, fun as well. Okay, so you have Mike has the one one rookie pick. What is he What is he gonna do with it? Obviously, the top names. This is again 
before the draft. So we, we're trying to figure out for those guys who have their rookie drafts before the NFL draft, you're looking at Lacey, you're looking at Bernard, maybe a, 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 a wide receiver to go out on a limb and hope that you have the next uh, lightning uh, A.J. Green type player, maybe a Corderell Patterson or something like that. What do you do with the 1-1 rookie pick? What I do with the 1-1 rookie pick is I'm taking Lacey. Uh, love him from Bama. There are the slight injury concerns because he didn't do the combine. To me, I think he is in between Trent Richardson and Mark Ingram. Um, he's a north-south kind of guy, very good pass blocker. He's the safest pick. It, you don't, you're not swinging for the fences with him. You know what you're getting. He, he, to me, he's probably going to be in the top five at at the end of, you know, four or five years. He, he's going to be the safest guy. He might not. I don't think he's going to be the best, but I don't think he's going to drop off either. So that's why I like him as a very safe guy. Um, if you kind of go with what a, a regular startup draft in a dynasty, I would say he's probably worth a third-round pick. Andy, be honest with me for a second. Before the BCS championship game, did you have somebody else up there in that one spot, and did the BCS championship game either confirm your thoughts on Lacey or did they challenge your thoughts and move him up your board? I had him, I, I had him pretty much – even with uh, Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen is who I have as my second guy. So, I mean, I, and I can go into him whenever. But Lacey, to me, just with with what he did on a big stage, he, he impressed me. Yeah. It was it was definitely uh, definitely impressive. And I know Notre Dame felt that way. <laughs> they could not stop the, the kid. And he has uh, really developed into just a uh, a powerful, powerful player. And it'll be interesting to see if, how that game uh, translates. Not the fastest guy in the world, but, man, uh, definitely the same what, mold as the Alabama running backs that we've seen. So, what uh, team are we looking at, uh, Andy Scott, uh, uh, for Lacey? I mean, because, let's face it, there's going to be a lot of linemen uh, that's going to be drafted early. Uh, so, uh, who's, uh, you know, what team are we looking at that's going after Lacey? Um, I would say Pittsburgh. Atlanta would be two good spots for him, maybe even Cincinnati. He might not be a first-round pick. He might be a second-round pick. But I think those would be great spots for him. Well, Mike, that's a good question. If you go to uh, fftoolbox.com, our website, we have uh, a pretty big mock draft database going on, and obviously a lot of websites will put their mock drafts on there. We have uh, I don't know how many different user mock drafts we're up to now. We've got uh, 1,156 users have created a mock draft on our website now. And 20% uh, the, the team that was most often chosen for Eddie Lacy so far has been Green Bay at 20%. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like Andy. It just seems like Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense, but I don't think they pull that first round pick. I just don't think they're going to do it. Uh, I think a team like Green Bay would love to get him at that 26 pick and they may even have to move up to, to, to get him there because I think that buzz will start to really wear off on some teams, but green Bay is the favorite. Uh, interesting enough, the second favorite on our mock drafts and our user mock drafts is Cincinnati at 12% yeah. of the mocks have been taking since uh, Cincinnati has been taking him. So 
Green Bay, Cincinnati makes sense, but I do agree with uh, I do agree with Andy. Pittsburgh, uh, they have a definite need there, but I just uh, it just doesn't seem like a Pittsburgh move to me this year to to take a back, knowing what we know about running backs in the NFL. Okay, so Eddie Lacy is off the board now. The one one is over. Mike, you've got that decision taken care of. Let's go to number two, Andy. My second is uh, Keenan Allen, the wide receiver from California, which I know is going to be a little bit controversial because he hasn't been able to work out. Um, He didn't participate in the combine, and so far he is not scheduled to uh, participate in California's, uh, their scheduled workouts, and hopefully he's going to be able to get something done before the NFL draft. He he wasn't the most spectacular college player because the junk that he had at quarterback, including his half-brother. But to me, this guy is a big Percy Harvin. He, he attacks the ball. He looks like a running back once he has that ball in his hands. He's a big guy, 6'3", I believe like 213. Um, he just didn't get the chance to, to stretch the field like um, someone, you know, like uh, Hopkins or like uh, Cordell Patterson got to. And I know those are more popular picks, but to me, I would rather have the guy that has the most consistent hands and who I think is a lunch pail kind of guy, and he's another very safe pick if his injury concerns uh, pan out. I agree with you. I like the pick. I think it's 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 definitely uh, edgy, and it's not something that people will have the strength to do. I don't think when it comes when push comes to shove and you're on the clock with that two pick, very hard to take a wide receiver who doesn't really do anything to stand out, but at the same time, doesn't do anything poorly either. I don't really know what the knock on on the kid is. Like you said, maybe it's the injuries. On our website, it is interesting that our writers feel that he will go to uh, either Miami or St. Louis. Those are the most popular picks for our writers, and St. Louis remains the most popular destination for our users uh, when they enter Keenan Allen into the mock draft. 13% project him to St. Louis. That's the most popular and he does project as a first-round pick. He's a definite first-round pick and, and, and possibly the first wide receiver off the board. There's a little bit of speculation of that, Corderell Patterson uh, notwithstanding. But, uh, okay, we know that Andy is, is very high on Keenan. Mike, could you take a wide receiver that high at number two? I mean, he's no Julio Jones here. Well, you know, he's no Julio Jones, but based on the landscape of what's going on with the NFL, uh, I wouldn't mind it one bit. Uh, it just – you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk about uh, Lacey and the uh, wide receiver from Cal, and, you know, it brings me back to a point we made earlier on. Uh, when would you want to have these rookie drafts, before the draft or after the draft? And, you know, it really changes the entire landscape of everything because of which team they go to. Because I'm a, I'm a firm believer in systems, Scott. You know that. I believe if a player is drafted into a certain system, they're going to succeed. So it, it just uh, it, it's just kind of interesting to uh, listen to the whole uh, whole landscape of, of the way it is. But, uh, no, I wouldn't hesitate to take him at all. All right. <clears throat> Andy, we're, uh, we're two picks through. We have ten more to go. Number three on the list, you've got some running backs to think about. Uh, you you, there, there's plenty of them here, but there's also some other good first-round wide receivers. Which way do you go? I'm going Gino 
Gio Bernard uh, from North Carolina running back. I think he's a very smooth runner, good receiver. He's going to be very good in his own blocking scheme. He's got big, big legs, um, a great wiggle. He's not the biggest guy. He needs to get a lot better in pass blocking. But I think on his best day, he could be Matt Forte light. Very interesting. Uh, you know, I, I saw some of him in the uh, Big East uh, last year, and he's, uh, I mean, he's pretty solid. And I like, uh, I, I'm glad you picked him that, or took him that high, Andy, uh, as far as uh, ranking him, because uh, he is, I mean, he's a perfect zone blocker, and he's got a lot of things to bring to the table for a lot of teams. I love Bernard. I, uh, you know, it's, he's not the fastest guy again. I think he ran a four five forty. He's not a projected first round pick. Uh, definitely a second rounder. It looks like uh, again another team that people think that Green Bay might be able to pull the trigger on there. Uh, but uh, isn't this the kid? He he scored a touchdown in every game in 2012, right? And, he, and he, I know I know he ran for a, a gajillion yards against Virginia Tech uh, one game last year. This is a kid that uh, will be a good player in the NFL, and I think he is an every-down player, 5'10", 205. He can uh, can break the big ones, and he's quick. He's not, like I said, the fastest guy in the field, but he's quick. And the stats, let me pull up the stats here. Okay, I got them right here. Uh, 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, uh, and 6.7 yards a carry. Okay, it is the ACC. It's not the... It's not the SEC, but and he caught 47 balls, so he does it all. He's in, he's an every down player. Would be very hard for me to turn him down at two, but if you have that love for Keenan Allen, I, I definitely have respect for that. And and Giovanni Bernard, no way he makes it past the three picks. So very very interesting player there. Well, thanks. I I, I really like him. I'm glad that uh, that both you and uh, Mike have have love for him. I. He's a guy that I kind of uh, got to find out about late that a lot of people were talking about, and I don't like being in Maine. I, I kind of watch a lot of Big Ten football because I'm originally from the Midwest, so I needed to uh, watch a lot of film on him, but I really I really enjoy him as a runner. Oh, you'll fit yeah. right in here, man. All right, number four is on deck. We've got Lacey Allen and Bernard off the, off the table. Uh one thing we want to talk about now, those top three picks, let's stop right there because I think this is the end of that top tier for me. And when I look at the top three picks or maybe even just the top two picks, you have to, if you're thinking about trading for or trading that pick, you have to get a quite a big price here. And I want to talk about that just for a little bit before we get to the four pick Andy. So what type of player are you going to want in return to give up on an Eddie Lacey or a Keenan Allen or a Giovanni Bernard type upside as a dynasty player? I, I'm going to have to have a sure starter, and it's going to have to be basically, you know, a, a top, I'm going to say a top 12 wide receiver or a top 12 um, running back at that point. You know, it, it, they're not going to be, you know, an all-star superstar because obviously, you know, these rookies haven't done anything yet. But you, you need to get production for them. Um, to me right now, and just speaking of these first three picks and probably to to pick number four, is after that, the, vol- the value drops off. And I don't mean drops off like 
oh, my God, there's no value. There is value, but from, like, 5 to, like, 20, it's almost the same value. So if these guys want a top-tier person, that's where where you're going to have to make your trades because there are a lot of equal-value players from 5 to 20 that – it shouldn't take as much to get them because there really isn't that elite guy there. I got. You. Would you give up? Would oh. you give up a Chris Johnson for a top three pick? Yeah, pretty close, but I don't think it would. But but close. That 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 that's a very good kind of right at the edge kind of guy. Right. Okay, well, you you obviously well, have uh, one, one thing. One thing, real quick, uh, Andy. Yeah. Uh, the the two eight this year is totally different than the two eight last year. W- would you agree? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, chances are that uh, you can. Uh, there's a little bit of trade value there. I mean, if you've got these picks, uh, you're one ten. You're one four, uh, which we're getting ready to come up to. You're 110, you're 14, you're 18. Uh, like Scott said, uh, you're Chris Johnson. Uh, is there any other players out there that you could think of that uh, maybe you could give up, you know, for that pick? For the, for the, I'm going to say for the 14, to get the 14, what would I be willing to give up? Hmm, that's a that's a great that's a great question. I mean. Yeah. Obviously, an an older wide receiver, you know, like uh, a Roddy White, obviously a Stevie Johnson, you know, somebody who is – they have the skills, but they, they're not in the right offense. That's probably not going to – not going to click or they're, they're not going to exceed. I mean, the the, the one through the four – you're going to want to take guys that you're going to want value. You're going to want steady value, but see, to me, in with scoring systems too, it's just it's really, really hard. And I apologize for that. It is. No, it is. No, it is I a mean, tough. I, I, Andy, I just, I just love your insight. I was kind of throwing you uh, different scenarios, and uh, I just threw a bunch uh, out at you uh, coming up on this post bit. Yeah, this is this no, is. No, a, I'm at all like. This is the very most difficult part of evaluating these. And it's what's right for your team. There's no right or wrong answer here. But when you have a guy that's 29 years old, 28 years old, let's, let's talk, you know, Dwayne Bowe at 28, Larry Fitzgerald at 29, uh, Wes Welker, obviously, at 32, you would trade. Uh, Vincent Jackson at 30, you would trade. Uh, Andre Johnson at 32, you would trade. These are guys, like you just said, Roddy White at 31, you would trade because, look, they've got a couple of years of elite production. And it just depends on your window. If you're using a three-year window, most of those guys are going to be still elite after three, you know, in three years. But if if you're really thinking long term and you're saying, you know what, uh, seven-year window, he's going to be a better player. But then again, sometimes you have to say, look, I got to cash in this league. This is dynasty, and it's all about you can't always be looking for the future and always doing something that is good for your team in the long run. You have to win right now. And if you do, if you don't have a team to win right now, what does Michael Bronte say for on the Dynasty Show? Uh, he says you're you're contributing rather than competing. You got to be yep. able to compete. So if Jeremy Macklin 
who's not an old guy, he's 25, helps you win right now, then keep him. But if you think that Corderell Patterson or Keenan Allen is going to have that top 10 upside in a year or two, then you make the trade and you go for it. So it, it, it's very interesting. Let's talk about the four pick. Uh, you obviously have him up, up in this tier here, uh, Andy. Well, um, my my number four is probably going to throw people off a little bit. Don't worry. Um, Cordell Patterson is coming up right at five. But for number four, I have DeAndre Nuke Hopkins from Clemson. I know he didn't run a fast uh, time in the 40. At the combine, he ran a, a 4.57. On his pro day, he did a 4.51. He is the best route runner in the class. He can get separations with the technique. He he is not super fast. He has great hands. He fights for the ball. You got to think smooth Marvin Harrison kind of guy. I I, I love him. He's probably to me to separate him and Keenan Allen is is pretty darn hard. But I think I, I, he's the one guy that is probably never going to be your wide receiver one for your fantasy team. But, man, he's going to be your number two, and you're going to be able to count on nine touchdowns, uh, 80 yards, I mean 80 catches, and uh, 1,000 yards every year. Set your clock. Don't worry about it. Cool. Yeah, the nuke, man. Uh, Definitely our our writers think that he has first-round potential. Matt Benstock has him going number 27 to Houston. Uh, Ben Standig, who won the Huddle Report. You know, the Huddle does that mock draft challenge every year. Our our writer, Ben Standig, won that challenge last year. He has him going number 23 to Minnesota, but he does have an update coming up to his draft. Rob Warner had him going number 16 to St. Louis. Uh, And then you have some guys uh, like Matt DeLima, who has him going round number 2. Uh, to San Fran in a very late pick. He's a yards-after-catch monster. That's what uh, DeLima had said about him. And I had to look him up and watch that tape, and he's absolutely right. He's everything that you just described, I think, Andy, and I can see why that, that love is kind of going up for him, for the nuke. He's um, he's an interesting player to, to, to see. And I don't, know if I, could, I don't know if I could put him ahead of Patterson. That'd be a bold statement to make. And, you know, look, you're making a bold statement, or you made a bold statement with Keenan, so you're obviously not afraid to do it. When I have these big money leagues, it's very difficult for me to pull the trigger on my hunch. And it, and it kind of I, – I, I don't want to say I, I, I dumb down to the, to the group think, but, uh, but I have to really be convinced if I'm going to go out on a limb in, a, in one of these big money dynasty leagues to do it. it just, it's just kind of hard for me to do. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a wuss, you know. But I do like the pick. It's a ballsy pick. DeAndre Hopkins, the nuke, uh, at, at four here for uh, Andy Miley. Okay, and then you said – Corderell Patterson, you kind of let it out of the bag here. You've got him at number five. I do have him at number five. And, and just to go back, I play in like nine uh, dynasty leagues, and actually uh, three of them are actually 32 teamers that are, are 250 each that you, that you have doubles of every player's, the full IDP, everything else. So we're playing for a lot of money when you have 32 teams. So – I, I understand the caution when, when you're spending that kind of money and you have the opportunity to win thousands. So I understand completely. I just, to me, seeing seeing Nuke, I just I trust him 
because I can see that much more tape than I can yeah. see on Cordell Patterson. Now, he is a physical freak. He is raw, but, man, does he take great angles. He can shield defenders away from the ball. He makes amazing catches on one play, and then he body catches the next play. To me, he has the upside of being a freak like Randy Moss, but then again, he could end up being Charles Rogers, and that's what scares the crap out of me. Does he have that kind of uh, baggage? I haven't researched Patterson's uh, background. Does he have that kind of baggage attached? Is he hanging out with the wrong crowd? Is that the, is that the knock? There, there is some of that, but then it's just every. It's such a mixed review with him. From everything, everything I've read, everything else, and just him being so raw. Like I don't know if he is going to end up putting it all together. I mean, we all hope that he would, but how many, you know, fantastic athletes put everything together in the NFL? I mean, it's, it's not like it's a hundred percent hit rate. I'd probably say it's about a 60% hit rate. So I think he could be fantastic, but then he could crap the bet. And that's the that's the one thing that pushes him down to five for me. Man, I, I, I feel like this guy has that type of Brandon Marshall upside to me. And what he did at the Combine uh, definitely didn't disappoint. I I would be very shocked if Miami passed him up at 12. I, I, I just think... And, and, you know, look, they, they don't make the best, most wisest decisions in the draft. When they took Ted Ginn, I was just totally floored. I I, I think I just about blew up, you know. I, whatever I was drinking got spewed all over the guy in front of me, you know. We were all just out watching the draft. And I, I know I was shocked when I saw Ted Ginn get taken. So I've seen him do these types of boneheaded things before. But if they let this guy go, get past them, this is what Tannehill needs. He needs a playmaker like this. And, and, yeah, you can go out through free agency and maybe get a Wallace, but he's more of a, you know, he's more kind of the one-trick pony type guy, and, and I think Patterson can do it all. So, good job. Five uh, five to quarter row pass. And what's uh, – we, we're halfway through. Number six. Number six is Tavon Austin, wide receiver out of West Virginia. He's a small guy. He's only like 5'8", 174 pounds. He ran a 4.37 at the combine. Great lateral ability, agility. Um, ran a lot of plays out of the backfield. So he's kind of a wild card guy. He can line up in the slot. Um, he's great in space. Fantastic hands. Um, he's he's a little bit thicker than Deshaun Jackson. I I, I really like this guy. He, he could be in the right kind of offense, like in New England. You know, taking over a West Welker spot. I mean, there's always that possibility. If he goes to somewhere like Minnesota, you know, he could he could get lost because he I don't think he can be the number one guy, but he can be a fantastic number two guy. And, I mean, imagine him in Detroit. Oh, my gosh. I mean, unbelievable. Cool. Mikey, uh, this is an interesting guy here, too. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago, and everybody in the – Everybody in the NFL is looking for that Randall Cobb-type player nowadays or that Percy Harvin, as Matt DeLima points out on our profile page. It's, uh, it, it, he fits that profile, and you mentioned, you, you mentioned uh, Percy, I think. It, it, this is a kid that most are projecting as another first-round wide receiver, very deep cro- crop of wide receivers this year. It's interesting that three of our writers project him to number 29 to New England. 
Does that move? I mean, wow. You, uh, they're drafting a, a rookie wide receiver. I can't see it, but I, if they do that, uh, that just tells you that they know this, this player is legit. And if Belichick's thinking that, then this kid's going to be special. Yeah, if they're going to if they're going to draft anybody uh, on the offensive special type skill side, uh, no doubt they, they mean business and uh, they want to do something with him. So uh, uh, I don't know if he'll be that impactful this year, but uh, man, when it comes to dynasty, that's what it's all about—is getting a player like that. So what if uh, what if the awesome. What if Houston? What if Houston uh, snags him two picks ahead of the Patriots? There, number twenty-seven. Isn't that all that Houston's missing? I mean, obviously you can put all the blame you want on Matt Schaub, but they don't really have another presence on the other side of the ball. You know, it's going to Foster, Daniels, or Andre, and that's it. That's all they have, and they have the defense. They kind of fizzled out there because everybody started to figure out who they were, and so it just kind of made the defense stay out there all day. You know. Uh, what do you think about possibly adding a number two wide receiver like an Austin to throw into that mix and, and, and have him just do everything on the field for Houston? I, th- I think they're trying to do that with Posey, aren't they? <laughs> Posey's broke. Yeah. <laughs> broke and done, huh? Not done. He's just broke right now. You can't do anything with him while he's broke. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We got six through. We got six more to go. Tavon Austin or Tavon Austin was our number six pick for Andy. Who do you have at number seven? Number seven, and and thank you, Evan Silva, for coming and agreeing with me because I take a lot of Twitter heat about this guy too. Jonathan Franklin, running back out of UCLA. Um, he has great vision. He has amazing speed. Uh, Agility, combo, he's got a great cutback. He's a great cutback runner, very smooth. He does need to work on his pass blocking, but he has great hands. He has a good jump cut. And while he isn't as fast as Chris Johnson, he is a similar type back. And he's a little bit bigger than most people thought. He actually weighed in at at 205 at the combine. I, I like this kid. And, you know, there's guys like Shane Hallam that thinks she's nothing. So I've only watched five games of film on him, and I think he can be an amazing guy. And right now he's going to give you great value if you were to have your rookie draft right now because nobody thinks that much of him right now, save for Evan and I. Yeah. You know, I've been uh, – I, I just uh, shot a message to Matt to get that scouting profile done on him because he is not being selected in the first two rounds. He does not project to be a top two-round uh, pick. But, again, this is a kid that has uh, what you're looking for out of a back. He can th- – this would be a very interesting pick for them. If, if I, I know that Michael Bronte loves Jonathan Franklin at well, the 5'10", 200 pounds. He fits kind of the mold there. This is a very deep running back class, even though it doesn't have a lot of the elite talent past Lacey and Bernard. I think it's a very deep class. There's a lot of backs here that can be really good contributors in the NFL. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how many of them pan out. But uh, Jonathan Franklin at number seven, I like to see it. Very bold. And uh, so you and Evan Silva are, are going out on a limb here, huh? Yes, and, uh, you know, I thankfully he did that because, I mean, and that was just this week because I was the only one that was that was uh, waving the flag. So now 
Now at least I have someone behind me. So that's nice. Yeah, you have him at, yeah, you're number three. And then uh, I saw that Jeff on your website, Jeff Havlick, has uh, has him also at number three. So uh, very, very good information there at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Okay, number eight on the list for Andy. Well, first I want to say I think I may have uh, talked Jeff into it, but uh, well, I'll, I'll move on from that. Um, my, my number eight pick is uh, Justin Hunter, wide receiver out of Tennessee. Big guy, uh, 6'4". He lost a bit of weight for the combine just to try to get quicker. He's a very elusive runner, great body control. Um, he catches the ball in stride. I mean, you don't see that many people that can just – run right through the catch. Um, he attacks the ball at the highest points. Um, I, I kind of compare him to a healthy Denario Alexander. I, I, I really like this guy. Um, he's, not, he's not a physical guy per se, but in, in the right offense, I, I think he's going to be something special too. Mike, here's another guy that if they had, uh, if, if Tennessee had their, 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 uh, quarterback issues kind of resolved this kid would have been just phenomenal he's already projecting to be a late first second round pick he can he can get into the first round I, I see that Houston is a popular destination for him New England another couple of uh, our writers are taking him at number 29 there I see him as early as number 20 to Minnesota and I see one of our writers takes him at 25 to Seattle uh, definitely a guy that I could get behind uh, with his speed and his raw size and ability, uh, natural leaper. So I, I could uh, I like that pick. And look, we are eight picks through the rookie draft, and we're feeling very good about these picks. There's not one here that really scares me. Now, obviously, Franklin, I think, would need to be land in a good situation. There's not that many good situations right now as a running back. So I'm I'm, I'm almost feeling – I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about all eight spots, real good about seven so far. And if I have a top seven pick, I don't really want to get rid of it right now. Uh, and, and I'll go ahead and give you eight at the time. Let's go ahead and go through eight. But let's let's see how this goes in the next four picks because I know a lot of us are sitting here with a nine through a 12 pick because we did really well last year. Let's talk about the nine pick. Um, my nine pick is uh, Robert Woods, wide receiver out of USC. Um, he does a great job getting to the ball at the highest point. Um, unfortunately, he he has a tendency to go down on first contact, which uh, kind of reminded me of uh, Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt when when they were uh, get, getting the ball um, in their Super Bowl areas. He starts and stops on a dime well, great hands. He's not a very physical receiver but he is a, a very good round runner and very good body control. Mikey, I hope you're taking notes, my man. That's uh, number nine, Robert Woods from USC, had a lot of potential. Matter of fact, this is a kid that I remember in, in one of my Debbie leagues, the uh, the backyard brawl, this is a kid that got a lot of love uh, in his junior year and then just didn't have the type of 2012 to really – cement himself as the top wide receiver in the draft. But he's still up there. He's still a good elite prospect. Very deep wide receiver class as evidenced by uh, these these picks from Andy. We've already got, what, five wide receivers now out of the top nine picks? So definitely. Uh, yep, uh, that's exactly right, Scott. And uh, there's a bunch. And 
I guarantee there's more to come. Uh, it just uh, wide receivers. That, that's the name of the game right now. Yeah, you have six wide receivers already. Number two, or he's a round two pick projected right now. A couple of guys like him to Houston. Uh, one of our writers, Ricky Diamond, likes him to Cincinnati. So Houston and Cincinnati, a couple of options there. I even see some Baltimores uh, sneaking up as an option. I don't know how likely that is, but let's go to number 10, Andy. Number 10, my first tight end, uh, Tyler Eifert, or Eifert out of uh, Notre Dame. He's got great hands. He does a good job of shielding the defenders away from the ball. He's a decent blocker. He reads uh, zones well. He can fight coverage to get open. He is fast enough to uh, get open on a seam route, which doesn't happen very often. Um, he, he will eat up linebackers in coverage, and he isn't afraid to catch in traffic. I think he's, he's a better Kyle Rudolph. And to me, he's a borderline uh, starting tight end one right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's a great pick. Uh, I was wondering when a tight end would come out there. Um, I do have to ask a question. When uh, I don't know the kid's name uh, from Stanford, uh, they, they say he's better than Kobe Flair. Yeah. Hurt. Yes. Uh, how did you have him compared to uh, the guy just mentioned? Um, I have Ertz um, like at 13. So they're they're close. Um, the the thing about Ertz is Ertz is not as physical as um, Eifert is, and you know he he has a higher upside. But I like I like Eifert because to me, you know what you're getting with him, and with Ertz you're you're hoping he's going to improve, but. You're, you're not you're not sure exactly what you're going to get from it. Eifert is a very uh, popular selection, and I tell you, in the FFPC or these one and a half point perception leagues that uh, we play in, definitely a consideration for Tyler Eifert higher than this at number ten. I'm talking, look, if you can get your hands on a on an elite tight end like a Kyle Rudolph or a Gronk or a Hernandez, you would do it. You would pay a very high premium for that, right, in a league that's a one and a half. So I would start to think about him even at six or so in those types of leagues, especially after the draft when we find out where he lands. If he goes to an Atlanta to replace Tony Gonzalez or like Pat Kerwin talked today when when he's a respected NFL analyst and he comes out and he says that – this is the pick for the Giants if he's there. There's no way the Giants pass on him. I know the Giants fans don't want to hear that, and he's been wildly unpopular in mocks. But this is the when Kerwin says he's the best of the group and he starts on opening day, you got to think to yourself, well, maybe this is the maybe this is the type of Gronk player that really may, puts us back into the back into the thick of things here. So I love the pick, and I think he has a just a, a world of potential. At this next level, I th- he was the best. In my opinion, he's the best player on the field uh, <clears throat> at times. Even in the championship game, there's a lot of good players on both sides of the ball. I thought if that if they could get him the ball just continuously, and they tried to, uh, it wasn't all his fault. There was a lot of things going on in there in that game. Really bad coaching and bad play calling. But I think he's one of the best uh, best best players in this draft. So uh, I totally agree. Well, I was just going to say that D. Milner too was on him some of the time, and he did, you know, see, he was 
semi-effective against Milner, who's going to be a top five uh, NFL pick at cornerback. So you, you have to you have to tip your hat off to the man because he yep. definitely can play ball. Absolutely. All right, we're down to ten of twelve. Two picks left, uh, and you might get a bonus pick. I think he also gave you thirteen, and he revealed that Zach Ertz was his thirteenth pick. So we've got uh, ten, ten and thir- ten, one through ten and thirteen. We have two to go. Who do you have at eleven, Andy? At eleven, I have Monty Ball, running there back out of Wisconsin. He's a strong, powerful runner. Um, he does have hey. a whole load of carries. Um, he has had some uh, some issues when he get off a guy's porch in college. Um, he's probably the best of all the uh, Wisconsin running backs that have come out. He runs very low to the ground. He has better hands than you think he would, especially coming from uh, Wisconsin. He's actually a pretty decent uh, pass blocker. To me, he's Rudy Johnson-esque. He's, he's not a great athlete. He, but he's a strong runner. He's determined. I don't know how long of a career he's going to have in the NFL. I'm kind of thinking with already the carries he's had, it's probably going to be a, a three- to five-year kind of guy. But you're going to be able – he's going to be a workhorse if given the chance. He's a very patient back. He, I, You know, I watched just about every chance I could get for Monty Ball because I did – I did take him in my developmental draft, I think at like 1-9 last year, because he was just the best player on the board. And I was kind of like you. I was kind of down on him when I took him. I'm like, you know, I'm going to take him. But it's just because he was the best of what was left. You know, I kind of felt like I didn't have any other options to take. And now he's kind of growing on me. You know, it's just like as we get closer <laughs> to the draft, I'm, he, he's just kind of growing on me because there's not a lot of questions. <laughs> the, there, the, the questions have kind of been answered about Moneyball. We know who he is. We know what he does. An NFL team will be able to plug him in, and you know what you're getting with Monty Ball. So, uh, you know, and, and definitely, he's a tough kid. You, you you carry that many times, you want to be able to stay on the field. He's a tough kid. And I like the Rudy Johnson compared. That's really resonating with me right now. I like that. I like that. So, Monty Ball, a, a running back that could end up, uh, let's see where we have him projected on FF Toolbox. Nobody's projecting him in the top, uh, well, draft prediction second round. Uh, we have a round two, number 16, to Pittsburgh by Matt DeLima. So that would be interesting. That would be a little high. Uh, but, uh, look, he's a he's a class act. Junior, uh, as a junior, he's a dope. Do you think he made a mistake, though, not coming out? Um, I'm not sure he made a mistake just for the fact that I, I think he, last year with, with the talent that was around, I, I think – he actually is moving up. I don't think he would have been a second or a third rounder last year. I think he would have been a fourth or a fifth. So this is probably better that he, he went back to school. Good footwork on the kid. Very patient, reads the blocks. I'll, I, it'll be interesting to see what team, what system he fits into there. All right, and number 12 for the guy who, if you won your league last year, you're probably sitting with the 12 pick and you're getting ready to uh, – you know, you've, you've sat here and watched 11 other teams uh, take picks, and now it's up to you to prove them that you can find that Maurice Jones-Drew. I remember finding a Maurice Jones-Drew in a, years and years ago when he came out as a rookie, and he was still sitting there at 12, and I scooped him up and uh, got lucky enough that uh, he turned out to be, a, you know, a consummate uh, fantasy phenom. So who at number 12 has that kind of upside? Anybody out there? 
Well, who I like is probably going to be another controversial, probably it's not going to be on some lists or whatnot, is uh, wide receiver Terrence Williams from Baylor. Um, he is a, a very fast guy with, with the nine routes. He is a deep pass uh, wide receiver, not so good on, the, on his route running in the intermediate stuff. Um, he he can catch. He's got a great bucket catch. He can just, you know, look up, boom, and it's right there. Can grab it. Has very quick feet. Um, he can sky high for the ball. He has great sideline awareness. Um, and the guy that he kind of reminds me of is Sidney Rice. I just he he's not going to be you know a, a eighty ninety catch receiver, but he's just going to come up with like five or six games that he's going to have 150 yards and two touchdowns, you're going to go, wow. Uh, but that, that's the scary part, too, is you're, is you're going to have difficulty of knowing when you're going to start him. Yeah. What's his, what's his size, Andy? 6'2". Six 6'2", two. Six two, yeah. yeah. He's only like 207, I believe. Yeah. Well, it would be neat to see him reunite with Robert Griffith. Uh, you know, that would be kind of cool, Robert Griffin, just to be able to see him play there. But the Redskins' first pick is at 51, so it's probably, you know, probably not going to happen. There's a lot of um, a lot of good players out there, but uh, I, it would be interesting to see him uh, be able to reunite. And uh, I do like him. Jeez, uh, is he is he a player? I mean, he's a fifth year senior, right? I mean, he's been around. He knows he knows what he's doing. You know, this is the kind of pick that I could see. If Miami is, if Miami is smart about it, you you take something that's more important than a wide receiver in the first round, right? Don't do the dumb thing and take that wide receiver when you really probably need help on the defensive line or the offensive line, both. Uh, why don't you? Come back in the second round. This is a deep wide receiver class. Get you a good wide receiver like a Terrence Williams in the second round. And I think if he's still somebody, somebody like that, that'd be nice for Tannehill, you know, to develop some chemistry with a kid like Terrence Williams. That'd be that'd be good to see. Absolutely. I agree. All right. Well, good. Hey, look, this is fun. This was fun. This was our rookie uh, first round preview. Uh, Andy Miley joined us from Dynasty League Football. Andy, is that where uh, they can find you? Do you blog over there, or are you uh, no, normally on Twitter? Where, where can they find your work? Oh, they, they can find my work on, on Dynasty League Football, and I just want to correct you. I'm sorry I didn't correct you before. I, I, I'm a senior writer for them. I'm not their lead writer. We, we have eight, actually, senior writers, and then I believe it's like uh, 14 or 15 regular writers and, and four actually contributing owners as well. But, uh, yeah, you can find me. There, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Miley, M-I-L-E-Y. Um, ask any questions that you still have. I do have my rookie rankings up there for, for free to see. We also have a premium side um, if people want kind of more in-depth where I break down more of these rookies and uh, actually go over some, some strategy kind of articles as well. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Let's do it again, and uh, hopefully we can get you into this Dynasty World Championship and give it a shot and try to knock this thing down, Andy. Hey, you know what? I'm I'm strongly thinking about it. That That is for, for darn sure. Uh, Scott and Mike, thank you very much for having me on the program. And, you know, 
just so you know, I am one of those guys that goes to bed at 9.30 every night and wakes up at, at 3.30 or 4 a.m. every day. I got I got the farmer kind of uh, sleeping pattern. <laughs> so you guys broke me of that on a Friday night. I appreciate it. All Maybe right. my wife well, doesn't, but I do. Andy, thank you very much for coming on. And uh, it's been a lot of good insight for somebody like me that's uh, struggling with uh, Dynasty and things like that. So I, I appreciate it very much. And thank you, Scott. All right, Andy, we'll talk to you next time. That was Andrew Miley at Andrew Miley on Twitter. You can find him there and at Dynasty League Football. So, Mike, this is what we wanted to do. We wanted to have the podcast. I heard the bell going off in your car, dude. So tell me you were just going out there to get something out of the car. You're not getting on the road and driving in Brandenburg, are you? Well, hell no. I know better than that. All right. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know about those Brandenburg uh, cops down there. If, if you know them by a first hand, you know, you probably know them all by name, and they probably all went to the same school, and they all had the same system. Billy Joe, Bobby, Billy Joe, Bobby, and and uh, Freddie, you know. And they, all, and they all watched the Kentucky Wildcats, and uh, we're going to have to talk about that next hey, week. Ricky we, ran of, we ran out of time, Mike. Uh, we'll talk about the number one seeds next week after we've started to see the tournaments because we'll have the bracket Sunday coming up. Next Sunday, so we're going to be talking about it on Friday night on Red vs. Blue, the tournament action at the NCAAs and all the first-round picks that we'll have. The uh, the, the seeding will be out uh, the following Sunday, so we'll have a lot to talk about, Mike. And bold prediction right now, Kentucky, do they do they go on a run and win the SEC and beat Florida? Uh, they have to start it off, and they have to look good tomorrow against Florida to be able to do that. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be very tough. It's going to be very difficult, so... All right. Well, good luck to you, man. And thank you to everybody for listening, all the crowd, the crew here in the chat room. You guys stayed a little for overtime tonight. We we had an, a 90-minute show tonight, so we were glad to have you guys with us. Hopefully it helped. Uh, if it wasn't for Andy Miley, it wouldn't have. I'll guarantee you that. So, everybody, we'll talk to you next week, and uh, you can keep up to us, keep up with us at fftoolbox.com. Talk to you then. Talk to you, Scott. It's amazing, I'm the reason Everybody fired up this evening I'm exhausted, barely breathing Holding on to what I believe And no matter what, you'll never take that from me My rain is as far as your eyes can see It's amazing, so amazing, so amazing Amazing.
never gave in, never gave up I'm the only thing I'm afraid of No matter what, you'll never take that from me My rain is as far as your eyes can see It's amazing, so amazing, so amazing, so amazing It's amazing, so amazing It's amazing, so amazing, so amazing, so amazing, it's amazing. I'm amazing, yeah, I'm all that. If I ain't on my grind, then what you call that? Victorious, yeah, we warriors. We make history, drive all victory. Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.